Welcome to the Tennis.com podcast, presented by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis worldwide right to your front door. And now, here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey guys, welcome again to the Tennis.com podcast. I'm Ed McGrogan here with Pete Bodo and Steve Tigner. On a Monday, we're going to wrap up the WTA season just finished this past weekend in Doha. The final at the year-end championships was Kim Kleister's winning over Carolyn Wozniacki. And that gives Kleister's, even though Wozniacki is the year-end number one, gives Kleister's a fifth title of the year, another really big title. She won a slam. She won Miami. She won the year-end championships, a couple others. She only she played very few events, sort of like Serena, but the ones she played, she won a lot of them. And so the question I was asking people on the site, on the poll, and I want to ask you two is who really – Forget, like, number one. Who is really the player of the year, in your opinion, for WTA? The three obvious candidates, the only candidates, are Serena with two slams, Kleisters with a you know, a very impressive resume, one slam, and then Wozniacki, who ended up number one in the rankings. Steve fire, take fire. This one. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, what, what are you supposed to say to that? Like, you know, Serena has two slams, so you have to, you have to consider her, but... I guess you would say the player of the year was was Kim, even though she had some she had some disappointments. She didn't play the French. She was very bad at the Australian. She she didn't do much at Wimbledon, but then she did win the Open and she did win this tournament. So so on that she played a lot. She played more than Serena. It's hard to give it to Serena, who played just six tournaments. My personal favorite player of the year was Wozniacki. I thought even though she didn't win any of the big slams, I enjoyed watching her play. I think she's she you know she was committed throughout the year and she. Very good at just finding ways to win. She didn't win this match, but she she still survived into the final and made it a good match. She she doesn't have the firepower of Kim, but but um but I thought Wozniacki to me was was the MVP for for the WTA. Even if, even if she doesn't deserve to be number one, even if she's not the player of the year, whatever. I think you know she was she was the player that I enjoyed watching the most. I don't know MVP. It's kind of funny you mentioned MVP. That's that's a I think a little different concept to me. The MVP was Serena despite not being there just because of the amount of of sort of buzz that she generates and the amount of attention she gathers you know uh, I think and and the two slams you can't ignore and it's also I think the player of the year which is the phrasing Ed used it's a tricky one because you really it really you're not asking who the best player of the year is necessarily I mean to me the player of the year is a person who had a big impact who really freshened up the game maybe or who did something you know magnificent you know I could see giving it to somebody who'd qualified and then gone on to win like a you know a premier mandatory level of well, maybe so, maybe you talk about Schiavone just for her French Open that's the performance of the year that's the one we'll remember the most right exactly yep. if yeah. she's not the player yeah. of the year, she she did give us that that sort of indelible moment. I like Wozniacki though because she's sort of at a time when the WTA really needs to, I think, get its house in order in terms of how much these women play. You know, not that everybody has to play a lot. I mean, I'm fine with people playing as much as they want, but it's better for the game when you've got a player who does something like what Wozniacki did. Mm-hmm. You know, which is she's there every week, she's fighting, she's there's questions about her, and you know, even though her name's but not big enough to penetrate the general public's radar, I think, you know, she's you know she she's worked awful hard, she's accomplished an awful lot. It's not, she, not like she just worked. She also accomplished a tremendous amount. She's number one at the end of the year, which is a curse as well as a, a blessing. And so, you know, I, w- I would have to go with her. Yeah, it's, I mean, you mentioned that. And now, like I was saying, with Kleisters, it seems like Wozniak, we have playing all the events. Kleisters and Serena, it's, it's, it's seeming like they are really just kind of cherry-picking, you know, coming in and, and really still getting the job done, though. You can almost say the same to a degree to Venus Flames, too. And these players are still, you know, making their way up 
Yeah, this a top five spot. So that that's I guess why I asked the question is because no one's going to dispute the numbers. We this argument's been had many times about what was the Yankee, whether she is number one. She is number one by the numbers, but it's when you go and really you know sort of vote your uh, way into it. This tournament shows that that um, it's still true that there's there's that elite group of players who can just win almost at will. And Kleisters is part of that. She comes in. She didn't play anything after the U.S. Open. She was hurt. She comes in and wins this tournament, beats the number one ranked player in the world, and you know she, she like Serena has this, is part of that group that can that seems to they don't need to they don't need to um, they don't have to put they in can, a forty they can get rusty yeah. in a forty hour forty hour week you know they're 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 basically yeah they don't have to put in the OT and all this other stuff so yeah you know that's and I think that's in a way an unfortunate thing for the game you know uh, uh, God bless them let them do what they want I'm all for you know people doing what they want but you know it's better for the game when you've got these you know not to mention for the sense of rivalry and continuity it's better when you have these women you know meeting a, a few more times a year you know playing some big matches against each other when yeah. was the last time you had like a pair of women play three great matches in a year that you know sort of almost shaped the year like the Federer and Nadal matches have shaped the year so I think you know I, I, I it's unfortunate that we don't we aren't getting all these women aren't playing the same number of events, so you can really get an accurate picture of who's beaten who when. A lot of times it seems like the past few... I mean, the Australian Open, Annan played Serena, but a lot of times it seems that we we get the top... Even when they are all together in the slams, we seem to get the best women's matches before the final a lot of time, which I, which I think hurts the cause, too. I think people will remember the final a lot. I'm not picking on Zvonna Raver. It was in the last two finals, but it just seems that... The the collision ha- the collisions happen before when it's the real showcase event, which I, I think, think you have to say that overall it's a disappointing year just because of the expectations um, that were there at the beginning of the year. You had the Belgians back, Serena and Venus were strong, Sharapova was back, and it started out with a good a good Australian Open. We got the final we wanted. It was a good match, Hennen and, and Serena, and then by the end of the year everyone's injured again. And this was the year, second year of the roadmap when the sort of commitments had been lessened. The idea was to keep these players healthier healthier for longer and it and it didn't happen. So you don't there's really doesn't seem to be an answer to that to that problem. Shop Tennis Express for the best selection of top brands with expert service at fair prices. The Tennis Express team is available to help you find the right tennis gear. Shop Tennis Express and find out why their customers call them a candy store for tennis players. Call 1-800-833-6615 or log on to www.tennisexpress.com today. All right, so with 2010 in the books, and uh, let's look forward to the next season. It's, we've, I know we just had a really long one, but while we're at it, we'll look forward to 2011 I guess what do you kind of glean from these results, especially the the big theme being no matter how much they play, they're aging still, you know, still relatively young. Williams sisters, Serena obviously in particular, come in, do what they want. Kim Kleister, sort of same thing. What does this bode for next year, especially when you have the top two players next year are going to be Wozniacki and Zvon Raver, who are the, in a totally different class. The question now becomes, you know, sort of revolves around Wozniacki. We know what Serena can do. We know what Kleisters can do. Uh, we know what, I mean, maybe we don't know what Venus can do anymore, but, but Wozniacki is the person, okay, how does she, where does she go? Does she become sort of the next Kleisters who, who became number one and then won a slam, or does she go in the way of the direction of somebody like Yankovic who just is not a physical enough player to last for two weeks? 
or he as never you has said, been. or as you said, Pete, the next Elena Dementieva. Well, the, you know, well, the next Dementieva. So I think <laughs> I think that's the, the question. Sort of revolves around Wozniak because for the moment. because the number one uh, number one ranking, number as one. you said, is not has not boded well for too many of the most recent number ones that that got on there on just sort of merit by accumulating points. It hasn't turned out too well for some. No, look, if you want to be a great player, I mean, look at the record. It's kind of interesting. I was looking at this today. I wrote, I'm writing about this today. You look at the record, and all, all these great players, Sampras took two and a half years to become number one after he won his first major. Generally speaking, and in fact, not generally, but specifically, you know, what you want to do really is win your major first. And I don't know exactly what's going on there. I have a feeling, though, it's got something to do with, you know, being able to get over that hump emotionally, mentally. You know, once you've won a major, you feel like you're king of the world. And then you can sort to relax a little bit and everybody knows you play your best tennis when you're somewhat relaxed and there's an element of truth in it. I think Wozniacki's big mission is going to be going out there and so we saw this with Safina when she became number one even though she wasn't a year-end number one you know that ranking that, that was like an albatross around her neck that people couldn't stop talking about do you think you deserve to be number one you never want to slam Serena just be, you know won the Australian yet you're number one what's going on I mean those are those are really kind of irritating potentially debilitating issues the good news for Wozniacki I think is that you know she may have a pretty open open field in front of her to, to run with the ball. And she's a hardworking girl and she loves to play and she's got a very steady game. So, you know, I, I, these other women who haven't won a slam, you got to like her over them, the Klybanovas and, and, and uh, the Azurankas and stuff, because she's, you know, you know, many steps ahead of them developmentally. And the other woman may not show up. We don't know. We don't even know if Williams is going to play next year, really. I, yeah. I think Wozniacki is mentally stronger than somebody like Yankovic and Safina who didn't handle. Safina almost tried too hard at the French Open when, and when she lost in the final. But, um, but it also, at the same time, it does kind of set up for another situation where Serena uh, comes in and just and, like, and crushes Wozniacki in, you know, in the Australian Open final, the way she did Safina a couple of years ago. It's just, it has the makings for that. It does, it does seem very similar. Like we've seen this before. Wozniacki, about her, I, I do, when I was watching the final yesterday, I did, talking about her game, I guess, I actually thought she... she she didn't play a great first set. She adjusted, I thought, a little better. I, I just think overall that she recognized right off the bat that she had to play a more aggressive yeah, game. Yeah, she's and a the, smart player. And the sh- yeah, and the shots weren't falling. They started to fall the second set and just couldn't keep it up. So I think if that's kind of the if that's kind of the evolution of her game, maybe that that's I think the only way we're going to see because I don't think at this I think if Wozniak plays the way she does now. I don't know. I, I think you're, I think people's expectations are going to be kind of yeah. We'll see if she has yeah. that in her. You also have to learn to elevate that game at the end. You know, no matter what, you know, no, no matter what, uh, you know, you just can't play the same way. You can't play a final against Kleisters in Doha the same way as you play a quarterfinal, you know, against even Zvonareva somewhere. You know, you you go out, you go out there. You know that you're going to have to beat this woman. So you're going to have to really elevate your game a little bit. You got to find kind of an extra gear, and that's what all these great players do. The I think the 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 I, I agree with you, Ed, but I think there's a little bit of a, the discouraging thing about that was that she really sort of toward the end there didn't really you know her game declined a little bit and and you need to and you look at these great players when they make their big moves you know it's almost like early in their careers when they first really hit their stride at the top they really just they know how to hit the gas and close a deal and I think she you know she's got to learn that she's got to learn to elevate that game or else she's you know she may have troubles like that in, in, in near future Did you guys see when her her dad came out the coaching there there was some the uh I, mean, I saw her. Her dad was out there, just the whole tournament, laying yeah. into her, basically. Yeah, and, and, and the final two, and uh, and uh, I think by the end of it, Wozniacki sort of just was snapped almost. She's probably embarrassed. Yeah, I would. I mean, that's sort of looked like there. He's oh, tough, but to. she. I feel like she's pretty tough as well. Like she, I, you know, she generally, I think, reacts 
decently. She doesn't really enjoy it, but she, but she takes it, and I think she sort of has a has a tougher personality than you might think. Hey, how about if our readers email us and ask us and, and see if tell us if they want to have a podcast discussing the on court and off court coaching issues? We've had quite a few of them this year. Send any any questions because the last one of the most recent podcasts Steve and I did was about a, a good question uh, regarding the Masters here or the year end championships in the Masters and and uh, we'll take any topics of discussion you have especially in the closing months of the season send them to podcast at tennis com and we'll answer the best ones here so for Pete Boto and Steve Taylor that's all for today Larry and Leap we'll talk again thanks. You've been listening to the Tennis.com podcast, presented by Tennis Express, the tennis industry's retailer of the year. For more news and information, head over to Tennis.com. Thanks for listening.